0: Engage. Sessions.
1: The NSR Media Network presents Sessions, bringing you behind the scenes and into the lives of your favorite music artists. And now, here's your host, Barry Davis. And welcome to another edition of Sessions, Tom.
2: Uh, we were off last week simply because our guests were all uh, set at times where we couldn't get the show on. But we are back yeah. this week, and it's great to be back. We are. And we've got a great show because we will be joined by not one, but two musicians at the same time. And one I'm sure many of you know very, very well because he is the lead singer of the band 5440, Neil Osborne. He'll be joining us along with his daughter who is named Candle. And Neil and Candle have put together an album together and the sound, the texture, the
1: feel of this album is quite unique. Would you say so? Oh, it's fantastic. I was right back in like you know, 29 Palms in the desert. It's, it's, it's a really, really moody, cool, cool vibe to music. It's, it's called
2: amazing. Family Curse, and we'll find out uh, if there is a curse, but we'll also talk in detail uh, about this project that this father and daughter are doing. So that's going to be later on in the show, but coming up next, well, there's no live concerts, but there's no shortage of music documentaries going around. We're going to share a few of our favorites when we return. There is Tom, I'm Barry, and this is Sessions. There's we've been playing a lot of Foo Fighters lately, but uh, I want to play this because Tom the Foo Fighters have put together a new short film tied to the 25th anniversary of times like these can't believe it's been 25. Oh, my God. 25 years.
1: That just blew my mind. Just blew my mind, too.
2: 25th anniversary of times like these, and they're putting out uh, a short film. It's a 25-minute video, and it was filmed during some recent pandemic downtime, features the whole band gathered together uh, in a little theater, and they flipped through a slideshow of memorable moments from their career, uh, photos and video and all that kind of stuff. So uh, kind of cool, and it made me think of the fact that right now Tom you know, we are in a pandemic. There's not a lot to do outside of our homes. And Mm -hmm. if you're a music lover, you might want to find a way to, uh, fill that void. And what I find is I'm either reading music biographies or watching music documentaries. And I know both Netflix and Amazon have been pretty good about putting up a number of documentaries. And, um, You and I just recently, not that long ago, when we were allowed to be in the same room, were uh, sitting out the (laughs) fire watching uh, uh, Brian Brian Williams, uh, Brian Wilson, and the Beach Boys. And to me, it's just a fascinating story and and a fantastic documentary.
1: And now now I'm reading the book, of course. Oh wow! See, you go down these rabbit holes every time. Every time, uh, you know, when we were allowed to get together, every time I'd come over there, you'd have like a new a new movie that you, that you're, sh- I've learned more in the last just couple of months, going on over to your place about the Eagles, the beach boys, the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles. um, And, and it is, it's, it's amazing. It's great because it's not just plugging in and watching a movie and shutting your brain down. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're learning really cool things about these bands that wrote these awesome songs that, you know, in my case, in your case, that we have huge connections to. And it's, you know, it it is. It's a great thing, a great way to spend the month that we all have now. <laughs> I just started watching I, I don't know if I'd call it a documentary or just like a mini
2: documentary uh on the police. And it's basically guitarist uh, Andy Summers telling the story and he they flash to him like now and he is, you know, at his computer writing this book about when they got back together and going back in their history. And, of course, as we know, uh, the three of them did not always get along that well. And uh, <laughs> the fact that they got back together and did a, a tour uh, was shocking to a number of people. But it's a, it's a pretty cool documentary. And The Police, to me, I think they're an underrated band, uh, a three-piece band that made a lot of music and were able to fill a lot with those three instruments.
1: Yeah, they they were I mean they were just such a force. That was one of those things like guys, why can't you just get it together? <laughs> because because like yeah, some of the stories that I've heard and I haven't seen that documentary, but some of the stories that I've heard just of their relationship and like like almost fist fights. And uh yeah, wow. Definitely a good one to check out though. But you're right you're right about them. They were they were just such a force, you know absolutely uh, there are many others and some of them are pretty obvious to you
2: and 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 to you all listening and of course the tom petty and the heartbreakers one and when that one came out tom that was my inspiration to put together the tom petty tribute band we ain't petty so it was pretty oh. yeah and they started making these really long video documentaries Or it used to be if it was going to be released in a theater or just on like a DVD, it would be your standard one and a half hours to maybe two hours. But now you're getting three and a half hour documentaries and uh, Mm -hmm. Tom Petty running down a dream and the Eagles, uh, I forget what the heck it's called, but um, that one uh, is well over three hours too. And you talk about people not getting along on stage. There's some great footage of them. Video is a little bit, you know, crappy quality but the audio is there where glenn fry uh is is literally about to get into a fight with don felder during a concert and it's to hear it is just like whoa
1: wow yeah you know one of my favorites that i came across actually at the beginning of uh, the first wave (laughs) um it was uh, put up on Netflix and it was, I've been trying to, you know, kind of track it down. Uh, I, I, cause I can't remember the title. It's uh, it might've been crossroads, but it was, it was a documentary about the blues guitarist, Robert Johnson. And you know, it's one of those, his story has captivated me for years. Um, He was, you know, he was essentially ostracized from his community, from his wife, even, um, because he just wanted to play blues music. And uh, really colorful, crazy story. He ends up being murdered um, just before he was scheduled to play Carnegie Hall, and and the whole the whole myth of the you know the guitarist selling their soul at the crossroads to the devil to learn to play the guitar, that's that's from Robert Johnson. And so this, you know, if, if, if you want, if I, if I was going to recommend like one right off the top to get into and, and especially for an artist like him, cause he started everything, <laughs> you know, every little bit of blues and rock that's come since, you know, got its start with, with that genius. And his story is just as captivating as his music. And there's just as much myth as there is, you know, fact it's, it's, it's out of this world.
2: There's so much more now that bands can do. Uh, with documenting because people just carry their cameras around now and it's very it didn't happen very often back in the day every once in a while you'll you'll see you know someone that oh i just used to carry a a movie projector around with me and and film some things and there was a band that i was just thinking of the other day and something i was watching where they where they did that uh, back in the day and there was some great footage that that they had but now everybody pretty much documents everything they do every single day on social media so you know, I don't know if in 30 years we're going to be looking back at a documentary from a band and going, oh, wow, I've never seen this footage before, right? Because we've seen everything.
1: Yeah, you know what? It's it's scary, right? Because back when, you know, the access was so limited, it, it was such a coveted thing, and it was something that people really cherished, is, you know, finding out those cool things about about the bands. And now, yeah, it's almost, you know, it's almost like everything's wrapped in a liner note. <laughs> Right? Or an album liner. And, and you, you, you can find out anything you want whenever you want. And, you know, maybe because it's so easy, it's not necessarily a good thing, right?
2: Right. There, like I said, there is something magical. And, and to this day, I'm finding and hearing and seeing footage of the Beatles that I did not even know existed. And mm-hmm. I think it's if you are a Beatles fan, First of all, uh, check out the video that Tom and I put out uh, of the song Two of Us, and there'll be more to come, folks. Um, that's number one. Uh, number two, if you're a Beatles fan, Google John Lennon's last interview. And, Tom, mm-hmm. I played a little bit of this to you, but this was recorded, and it's uh, three-plus hours, I believe, an interview yeah. uh, done by a reporter from England who came in to John and Yoko's apartment two days before John Lennon was shot and killed. And there's stuff on there that just gives you goosebumps when he's talking about the future and all the plans he has and being asked about how safe he feels in New York City. And he says things like, you know, oh, it's so great because, you know, people don't make a big deal when they see me. They'll just say, hi, John, and, you know, and go figure. <laughs> Two days later, it was a crazed fan who did that. So um, just tingling to, to listen to this, but... Um, I know we can't go out and watch live music, but there's still a lot of things that we can do to fill that musical void, Thomas. And uh, thank God for the internet, because if we were in a pandemic 50 years ago, uh, I don't even want to think about what we'd be going through without the technology.
1: We'd be playing board games. We'd be fine. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) All right, uh, we're going to uh, see what happens when 80s and 90s meshes with 2010s and 20s. We're going to talk to a member of 5440 and his daughter. But first of all, let's hear a little song from Family Curse. This is LA Blues on Sessions. There's brand new music, a family curse, which we have to find out about the name of the self-titled album. And you know the more from 5440, of course, lead singer from 5440 joins us here on the line, Neil Osborne and his daughter Candle. And guys, this song is just the coolest damn thing in the world, and i I love the I love the rawness of it. I love just hearing like a phone ringing here at the end of the song uh we'll just talk about the inspiration of, of doing this song together
3: um well i would come up with a riff or a groove and then i would just kind of say just give me a title and i'll and i'll write a melody and words to it and uh i said okay la blues and then she decided to make it about her sister who was who hightailed it off to la a couple of years back to uh, to live <laughs> and the rest is what you hear
1: a candle, oh, uh, wow. so it's
3: ac- oh sorry,
1: Barry. Go ahead. Tom. But it's actually based on, based it's on a true, true story. Then, oh, Their yeah. the journey to LA to grab the sister back.
3: Yeah, have you seen the video by any uh, Yeah, yeah. The whole family, whole family's in there. <laughs> Mom, insists and sis, Candle, and, oh. and I.
1: Oh wow! So there's no actors there. That's just you guys. That's, oh, yeah. That's family. Oh. Uh, so candles,
2: borns north. Uh, I mean, we've seen and heard families that love to go on vacations together and do fun activities together. But is everybody? Is this a whole musical thing? For like, were you pretty much predetermined that you were going to be a musician?
0: No, definitely not. It happened by accident. <laughs> I always, I always loved, loved being in Dad's whole universe and going with him to shows and having that kind of family feeling with the crew and the band and being surrounded by amazing rock and roll my whole life. But I wanted to be a photographer and I had different, different ideas and different goals. And I just accidentally started writing and recording. And next thing I knew music took over for me at about 1920. and I never
2: looked back. I love that. I mean, Neil, you're probably thinking, yeah, it was always in her. She was always going to be – she could have been a photographer for bands, but at the end of the day, it's in her blood, Neil, right?
3: I would have to say – excuse me. I'd have to say, yes, it's in her blood because I'm not a good teacher, and I wasn't a teacher. So she just kind (laughs) of did it – picked it up vicariously, I guess. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I think something that really strikes me in in you know not just this tune, but it's a few tunes now that that the two of you have released on on Spotify and a couple of videos out there as well, and it's it's really like a clashing of two pretty dis you know distantly um related forms of music like candle um the one question i have for you in particular is you know where did you draw your influences from because your music you know your solo music is so vastly different from what you probably grew up touring around listening to and you know your your solo stuff is is just so really rich and and folksy and um It just comes together so beautifully here. So, you know, I guess the two-part question, number one would be where do you draw your influence from musically? And number two would be what gave the two of you an idea to say, let's just jam this together and see what we come up with.
0: Well, musically, obviously a lot of classic rock was very influential for me growing up and learning to write. And because I'd never had a music lesson and as you just learned from dad, he
3: didn't sing. <laughs> I
0: kind of taught myself to sing by trying to imitate some great vocalists like Billie Holiday and Shirley Bassey and those kind of amazing female crooners that don't really exist anymore. And that kind of helped me develop my style of vocals and how I like to write. And then when we decided to do the Family Curse project, we both had the common goal of how to make it different than Fifty Four Forty and different than Candle. So we tried to be a little bit more Western, a little bit trashy, a little you know have a bit of twang on the vocals.
2: But you know the the cool thing is though that both of you know both of your music, Candle and yours, Neil comes through as well in there because I can hear a little you know I wouldn't say sounds like Fifty Four Forty, but I recognize your style, so I guess it's kind of in there. And Candle, as Tom was saying, your solo stuff has a certain sound to it, too, and it's so neat because, yeah, it's two vastly different things put together and then a few bunch of other things thrown in on the side, and it just sounds so beautiful when it's all together.
3: Yeah, I think that uh, those influences that that are on that, on, the fa- on a Family Curse record, is primarily... We went right at it, like Candle said, sort of the Western trashy blues, southerner kind of vibe. That always exists in a little bit in fifty four forty music, especially the bluesy part, and I think it exists in Candle music too. So we just we just went right at it this and on this one. I think. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah,
1: know the 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 one song is is obviously about about the trip that you took. Um, you know where where are the other influences that you guys are drawing from um, in in the tunes that you're working on together?
0: Like Dad said basically he would name an instrumental track and send it to me, and I would either completely fictionalize a story about robbing a bank and having a getaway car or <laughs> dad and I are out of money we have to like steal just to survive or i would like the upcoming song we have called cemetery is just about not living life to its fullest and feeling like you're always in the sidelines and always too afraid to do the things you, you wish you could do and then you wonder who's gonna bury you uh, <laughs> <laughs> The songs are kind of all over the place. Are we robbing banks? Are we dead? What's happening? (laughs) Well,
2: speaking of that kind of anything bad can happen type of stuff, Neil, you've been in this business a long time. You know what the rock and roll lifestyle is, and you know that there are a lot of risks involved. Coming from a father's standpoint, was there any apprehension or concern about Candle getting into this business? And even the business side of it, which really sucks too, by the way.
3: (laughs) Yes business has diminished to you know it's well I think Frank Zappa said something along the lines of you know ninety nine percent bullshit one percent inspiration yep <laughs> it's kind of clearly the bug has bitten candle she's really good at it she's really into it um she, um you know it, the creative part like I keep trying to say enjoy the ride not the destination because the destination ultimately will suck. Yeah you know <laughs> um because you die, but we uh, got it. Career wise,
0: <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: No.
1: <laughs> anyway, continue.
3: Um, I don't know. I got. We lost. die. are saying? Career wise.
1: <laughs> so the destination is the you know ultimate death of us all, but career wise. Oh no!
3: Career? Uh, you what? Know, she, yeah, she's like she's always on to new things. We're we're doing lots of different projects. We're having a lot of fun. I I mean, I it's funny to say. I think it's a lot of case for a lot of musicians, I suppose. Uh, with the lockdown and you can't really perform, the create the creative of writing and making videos and recording. It's just just gone through the roof, and uh, it's good woodshedding time, as it were. So that's what we're doing these days. <laughs>
2: And Neil, I nice. The knew-
3: wood paneling behind you there.
2: <laughs> What's that? Oh, behind no, the wood me? paneling behind Tom. Yeah. yeah.
3: Wood shedding. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, this is this is actually my studio. It's I don't know if you can see the jazz bass up in the in the corner there, but oh yeah,
3: jazz bass. So
1: yeah, Tom and I this po- is- we play in a
2: band together when we're not uh, doing this stuff. So yeah, we're we're writing some stuff, but mostly. Uh, just to keep us entertained where we sit out in uh, my backyard in front of a campfire and just do Beatles songs together. And we've been doing some videos for those. So oh, nice. just, you know, yeah. got and like you said, as musicians now, really, you've got to, you got to come up with creative ways to A, keep yourself busy and B, find a way to monetize being a musician. Um, like, first of all, Neil, from your standpoint, I mean, you know, 5440 is going to make money when you're gigging. And if you can't gig, uh, how do you guys make a living?
3: Half a slice of bread and no butter. And Just like in the old days, right?
2: It. Yeah, <laughs> with with the craft dinner.
3: Uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, like I, I, said, I said earlier, we're we're making <clears throat> you know in the woodshedding. So, like Kendall and Kendall Carson are doing a Neil Young cover Christmas record, which
2: yes, is really cool. I saw that,
3: and. Uh, 5440 have written and recorded a new record uh, called embassy supreme which is a fun record that we just did so um yes no it's 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 we have had to tighten up quite a bit i mean you know the majority of our income is from playing live we we make pretty good money as 5440 playing in front of y'all and uh, that's not happening now but you know i get it because there's a pandemic on so what are we going to do
2: Candle, as someone who is substantially younger than your father, uh, you grew up in a different era where, you know, for people like your dad or myself, and we're trying to be discovered, we're all out all over the place. We've got to do showcases. We have to knock on doors, hand people cassettes. You can just sit at your computer and do all that. Is that helpful for you knowing that you probably have a little bit better idea on social media and just the way the world is in 2020?
0: Yeah, I definitely know how to do it. I wouldn't say I enjoy it. <laughs>
2: Nobody really does. Of
0: my <clears throat> days are spent you know, reviewing statistics and working on algorithms and like doing all this horrible business stuff that is really no fun at all. But in 2020, that is all we have. And everything is about social media and how we can reach people and content, content, content. And dad has said a few times if he had to do like a half of what I do every day for this business, he would have quit. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I still ask him, how do I post this on Instagram? You yeah. know, what, what <laughs> button do I push? Where, where is that button?
0: I just take his phone and do it. Cause he doesn't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, he doesn't have a MySpace page still, does he? I,
3: I mean, I, I, no, I never did. This is the thing. I, and we doesn't even know what that is. That, that really
2: shows our age, huh?
3: Yeah. Jeez. I mean, uh, I can't remember, you know, here I'm going to brag a little bit. Well, we've got a number of platinum records and gold records. And uh, that, that sort of stopped around 2000. And every one of them was made on two-inch tape.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> there was no computers. There was no computers. There was no cell phones, you know. So this is, this is how much things
2: change. Oh, yeah. It's, it's astounding. I know. And, and, you know, I've talked to many musicians, and I know myself – um, recording digitally is is very convenient. You can edit much quicker, but there's just something about tape, man. I just love the sound. I love the feel. I'm kind of like that with amplifiers too. I like the tube amps. I don't know. Maybe I'm just showing yeah. my age. But do you find that too? That there's just something about the magic of of reel to reel that just doesn't exist anymore. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I've I've uh, I produced a few records for uh, Kara Loft and her band called Small Glories. Mm-hmm. And we did we did well, I think the first record and maybe even the second first one for sure. We had three reels of two inch tape. Nice. So we had to get the take. And it was like, okay, we've got seven minutes on this reel. What songs can we do? Can we do two or is it just one? And then, you know, we do three takes, we pick the take and then erase the other two. And then we'd fill the tracks up. And that's the way we, we used to make it. It's like, okay, there's enough for three vocal takes, and now you gotta pick one. Or you could bounce one, mm-hmm. you know, three take. Thing is, with computers, as you know, you know, it's supposed to be convenient and all these options. I swear to God, it takes more time, <laughs> way more time.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: It really
2: does. yeah, Can you imagine you candle with reel to reel and uh, the little razor blade to cut and then edit and then put it back together? <laughs> Not gonna happen. I is
0: know. It? <laughs> but like this morning, for example, I spent five hours doing one vocal and realized I had twenty three takes, oh, and I was like,
1: okay. <laughs>
3: wow
0: why am i doing this i probably had it in the first one and now i have to go through all of them and do an edit
1: (laughs) do you often find you can get buried in that easy technology like that because i find that with my guitar lines when i'm doing stuff you just it's you know it's so easy to record that fifth and sixth and seventh and 20th and
0: yeah i find it's helpful to listen back immediately after like two takes and if you hear something wrong fix it on the spot otherwise move oh. yeah.
2: <laughs> and what a difference right Neil from the early 5440 days when you're paying for that studio time and you're like uh guys we got to get this thing wrapped up in the next hour or we're gonna have to pay more right
3: yeah well you got to realize those in those days the budgets were humongous mm-hmm. even in those 1980s 90s dollars you know one to two three hundred thousand dollars to Jeez. make a record uh we didn't see any of it it all went to studios and producers but right. you're right so we were re- we rehearsed the hell out of ourselves and the producer would come and rent a rehearsal studio and we'd rehearse for two or three weeks and then quite often we would make demos in a studio and then go is this the way we want to do it okay and then we would go do it for real so it take three four months of making a record uh full-time
2: mm-hmm.
3: with everybody else getting paid
2: Think about so, that. Uh, the, yeah. the Beatles made their debut album. They recorded in twelve hours, one night. I know. Isn't that amazing?
1: Uh,
2: they're not human. No, no, they're definitely not. Uh, <laughs> Neil, <laughs> I want to ask you as a father, and I know you know I have a, a son who isn't so much into music anymore. But in his teens, he was a, he was a drummer, and I got the opportunity to get on stage with him and it was the most incredible feeling in the world and i think parents who maybe are you know have kids that are into sports and they get to you know see their kid do something like that or whatever but what was the feeling for you to be able to collaborate and then perform with your daughter because for me i know that one time it was like life changing for me
3: yeah it's uh it's pretty amazing actually <laughs> my life didn't really change <laughs>
2: come on you're i was setting you up to say something nice and by the way i like your kitten
0: yeah Yeah. that's listening come on we're all here
3: (laughs) yeah no 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 it's great it's 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 still great i mean we we were hoping to get out on the road we did i guess we probably did about 10 shows hey candle something like that
0: yeah and uh
3: because we go back we go back to basically you know well since she was born but since she could talk cracking jokes at each other and you know kind of offhand remarks, we're kind of like the Smothers Brothers on stage.
2: <laughs> now, do you know who the Smothers Brothers are, Candle?
0: I don't, but okay. I imagine they're possibly a sassy comedic duo, since oh that's what
2: we've described there we go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> You'll have to Google them after we're done. Well. Uh, yeah. uh, kind of same question for you, Candle. Uh, I mean, for a lot of you know people that are younger, parents are not the coolest people in the world. And I mean, you're lucky your dad's a rock star, but um, what was the feeling for you to be on stage with dad?
0: Uh, For me, it's always been like a lot easier that, you know, there's nothing more reassuring and comforting as a performer Uh, than your own daddy on stage (laughs) with you. (laughs) (laughs) when I'm used to trying to be the boss of five men that I have hired and that I'm in charge of and I'm always, you know, keeping them in line and then I got my dad beside me, you know? It's like, it's <laughs> it's nice, it's easy, it's natural.
3: Yeah. I'm a lousy manager, just so you know. No, no, I don't manage, <laughs> but every once in a while I try to, I say to Kendall, what well, she hates, which I'm not allowed to say anymore, which is, you know what you should do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or you should... And it's like, nah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I was going to ask about that dynamic. Candle, you're talking about being the boss of your own band, but when the two of you are together, who's the boss?
0: It's still me. But oh, we
1: fight. We oh. fight.
0: <laughs> it's because dad is, is like the diva of the band since he's the rock star. So
3: <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah
0: have to deal with that and i accept that role you know there was a show he stormed out but he came back half an hour later and was like hey you want a good dinner
2: <laughs> you know when you were really young i mean you probably just thought everybody's dad was what your dad is right i mean was there a time that you remember that you went oh wow my dad is actually a famous rock star like did it ever hit you at some point in your maybe teenage years even
0: no, I don't think it ever, like, hit, but I was always aware, you know, like, my kindergarten teacher wanted an autograph and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> there would be newspaper articles, like, framed in the school, and I'm like, this is weird. But it was always more like the teachers and parents, and, you know, the kids didn't give a shit. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom, you got one more? Yeah, I was, you know, what just sort of to further follow up on that, um, was it did it ever get difficult for you, you know, as you as you entered into the teenagehood and into adulthood, you know, having that, having the, the old man behind you being so well known?
0: No, it's uh, it's kind of just a, I mean, it's all I know and all dad knows, I'm sure, but we're pretty used <laughs> to going around somewhere and him getting recognized, but like, I'd say one out of <laughs>
3: That's a candle term. It's a good one. Yeah.
0: And then we both love that moment when people go, Aren't you? And dad's like, Please, please. I'm just trying to have dinner. And they're like, Candles, dad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, every
0: time that happens, I'm just over the moon.
2: (laughs) Candle, you need to copyright recognize because that is the coolest term I've ever heard in my life. And I've never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think you made it up. Let yeah, it's yours.
2: Put it in a song, like right away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a trademark could Do something with it.
2: That's right. Hey, uh, before we wrap up, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask if there really is a curse. W- why a curse? Why is it a family curse?
0: <laughs> <laughs> <It's> evil laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're just. So we tend to be a little unlucky <laughs> no
3: no no not true okay not then true
0: you're not first.
3: no of course it's it's well i referred to it earlier you're bitten by the buck right mm. i remember oh, you Barry, your buddy brad his, yeah. his sister's a high school teacher and uh this is a few years ago now he went into the class to talk because she brought him in to, you know the, the bass player from 5440 to talk to the kids and mm-hmm. you know. And somebody raised their hand and said, "I'm thinking of uh, maybe getting in the music business. Is you got any suggestions?" And Brad goes, "Don't, because <laughs> the people who don't have a choice, they must do it. They're passionate. It's not something they think about. That's that's the curse.
2: That is, yeah, <laughs> you, that, that's you guys cool.
3: have got it. Yeah, you guys, have got it, right? You can't you can't help but no. make music. It's not about money. It's about being able to do the next project.
2: If we were doing this to make money, we would have been long <laughs> gone by now, right? Yeah, you know." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah. so
0: <laughs> my dad was a lawyer <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well listen I'm so glad we uh, you know waited till we could get both of you guys on together because it's been great to, to talk to you both love the album and the videos uh, we're going to play the crap out of it on our podcast uh, because we love yep. it um, you know we're, we're already playing 5440 all the time and now we'll have to slip this in as well part of our mix yes. So, but again th- thanks so much for joining us guys really appreciate it
3: Thank you,
2: guys. There is Neil Osborne and Candle. What a fantastic album. Great song that we heard. And and Tom, just a, a really, really cool dynamic between the two. And I'm jealous. I wish my son thought
1: I was as cool as Candle thinks her dad is. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They've got, they do, they have something special. It's, it's, that music is just two people having fun and like bringing themselves to it. And it's a really, really special special group of tunes that they've been putting out and um, I'm excited to hear more To hear more,
2: and you can get a lot of more of their music Tom uh, Family Curse it is the name of the upcoming album and the name of their little group together and you can pick them up on Spotify and SoundCloud and Apple Music Amazon everywhere uh, they've got a little website too and it's called afamilycursedband.com and a will cool picture a chair the two of them in the website Absolutely. And next week, folks, we're going to be joined by Canadian music legend Murray McLaughlin, who has released a double single, both songs uh, expressing his concern with the uh, systemic racism in the world. So a really interesting conversation coming up with the uh, multiple, multiple Juno Award winner, Murray McLaughlin. Tom, as always, it is an extreme pleasure for you to be on the show with me. (laughs)
1: we'll see you next week thanks everybody all
2: right that's all the time we have for today's show until next time keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars i'm casey Kasem.